Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we're talking about the Hilary Duff inspirational movie, Raise Your Voice. And we're joined by our Instagram pal and fashion historian, Jesse from Vintage Juicy Couture and This Old Thing. Welcome, Jesse. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. We're so happy to have you with us. And boy, oh boy, are we in for a ride today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild ride. Such hold a wild on, ride. Hold on to your hats. <laughs> hold, hold on, on to your, your juicy. juicy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I wore some for you guys. My sweater, it's too hot in here, but just so you know, it's right here. <laughs> You have your juicy. Yes. <laughs> and I have my Hillary inspired string. Oh, yes. Bands. Yes. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I actually, I normally use a different hair straightener, but I reached out and I miraculously grabbed my hair straightener from like 2008, like my Revlon <laughs> original one. And that's what I used. I was like, this just feels right. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get in character. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> So, but before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. housekeeping. One day. If you love the podcast and want to support us, here's a few ways you can. You can become one of our Patreon besties and gain access to exclusive content. We've got stickers, Ask Me Anythings, polls, bonus videos, lives, and Spotify playlists. Just head to patreon.com forward slash no more late fees. And if money is tight, no worries. You can really help us by writing us a review. Did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us to get more listeners? Like this review from Callie5678 via Apple Podcast. Loves it. Five stars. Absolutely wonderful. A, hilar- a hilarious and heartwarming revisit on all our beloved uh, on all our beloved classics. Highly recommend. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Kelly. We love it. So if you want to be featured and help us grow, head on over to Apple, Spotify, Podchasers, Good Pods, or your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. And if you want to wear something under that Juicy Couture sweatsuit that you are pulling out because we inspired you after this episode, we've got merch, people. That's right. You can get your No More Late Fees t-shirt at nomorelatefees.redbubble.com. Or you can go to redbubble.com and just search no more late fees and you can check out all of our merch. You could put it on pretty much anything. Loves it. <laughs> okay, so raise your voice. After her brother dies in a car accident, spoiler alert, Terry <laughs> wants to honor her brother's wishes and attend a performing arts school in Los Angeles. The one small hitch is that her father is an overprotective bear and forbids her from going. That's where Terry's cool aunt and mom come in to help her lie her way to her music school dreams. Can Terry fool her dad while keeping up at this very competitive music school in LA? Mm. Raise your voice. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the questions we're going to have during this. There's a lot of questions, not a lot of answers in this movie. It stars Hilary Duff, Rita Wilson, David Keith, Jason Ritter, Oliver James, Rebecca DeMornay, and John Corbett. It was written by 
Sam Schreiber, directed by Sean McNamara, and you can rent it on Amazon. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Okay, but nothing to write home about. And same-day rental. Trash. Straight up trash. Maybe Aunt Mina can weld it into something. (laughs) We gotta love trash that be turned into art. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll start with you, Jesse. What was your Y2K rating? How did your younger self feel about this movie? I would say probably two-day rental. Yeah. Like, get it for the weekend. It's a new release. My little sister's five years younger, and I think Hillary Duff is somewhere in between us. Gotcha. So, like, I was very mature. So, I, <laughs> McGuire was a little too young for me to be watching, but I would watch stuff like that with my sister, like, you know, as a family kind of a thing. Yeah. So, I definitely remember watching this at the theater. I think it was maybe like the dollar theater because we went there a lot, like this mugs and movies. And I liked it, but I thought I was much too, a little too grown up for it. So I would say two day. Jackie? I've (laughs) never seen this movie before. Oh, okay. And (laughs) so you're definitely going to have views. Okay. What do you think you would (laughs) (laughs) I I think she probably felt that she didn't want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) She and her Um, gene goes. Yeah. (laughs) for me it was definitely a same day rental because I promise you and it's not a memory thing this time I don't remember not much from this movie and then when I watched the movie the things I did remember it was more of a feeling of like oh now I remember why I never watched this again so there all right (laughs) We want to know your Y2K ratings too. So hit us up at No More Late Fees on social and let us know where it ranks for you. Let's get into these box office numbers. So the movie had a budget of $15 million and it made about $14.8 million worldwide on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it barely made it its money back. Come on, point two. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, Raise Your Voice has an approval rating of 15% based on 84 reviews. I feel like it's probably changed a little bit. It's probably ha- it probably has more reviews, but it, I'm, I'm sure the average is still pretty low. Uh, the consensus calls the film a bland, formulaic, tween version of fame. That's accurate. I was getting I Want to Be Fame vibes very much so while watching this (sighs) so I according to the little research that I did it was initially supposed to be like a Christian movie and that's what I felt watching it thank you I did not get that when I was (laughs) (laughs) like and I felt like very easily all the songs she sang could be more Christian yeah or like could have god inserted into them very easily and i was actually interested if any of them ever did go on to christian radio yeah 
Probably. I, I'm not sure, but she had like the brother's cross and she would go to church and stuff. So I think those elements were probably the only thing that remained after they tweaked it for a mainstream audience. Oh, that's so interesting. The thing that really blew my mind was that Evan Rachel Wood and Jonathan Jackson were originally supposed to be the choices. And I kind of feel like that would have elevated this movie a million times over. I I don't... I don't know if it would have gotten that much better, but it would have, I think it would have been a few degrees higher. Would Jonathan Jackson have been uh, Jason Ritter's role or would he have been Jay? Jay, Terry and Jay. A British friend. Okay. Well, then I'm fine with that. Although... The brother and Jonathan Jackson would have been very similar, I feel. Like Jason Ritter kind of gives to me the same vibes of Jonathan Jackson around. I guess I just <laughs> don't see it. There too. Yeah, I definitely felt like there were parts where this could have been a much more serious movie. Mm-hmm. And those were the parts I didn't remember so much. Like yeah. the dad is giving like 5,000% the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He He's was... about to like tear down the wall. Yeah, he was hulking out a lot. He, it was very, he, it was... he was emotionally and probably physically abusive to that. Yes, yes, that was dark. Yeah. The way he yoked up the um, brother, Paul, the way he yoked him up, I thought it was going to straight take his face and put it in the grill. I'm just saying. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Sorry, I, know this I was like, I was scared from the first second when he enters the screen. I was like, I really didn't remember that. But I yeah, wanted to- like Hillary that they, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. The, the way that she would say things, like if it were Evan Rachel Wood or someone else, I think that it could have been a different movie because- like there's one part where she says to the dad, she's like, and we're all afraid of you. And it's like, if someone else said that, it might've actually had meaning like, wow, yeah, this dad has been abusing like his whole family. Yeah. But the way that she says it, it's just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at this point, Hillary Duff wasn't a hundred percent in her acting bag yet. I think she's gotten yeah. progressively better. You know, she was just, I think the, the appeal of her as an actress was that she was so relatable. I think that's Mm -hmm. why people love Lizzie McGuire because it felt like she was an everyday middle school kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like her her being on Lizzie McGuire for so long, like it was very formulaic. So she got very comfortable acting in one particular style. And to go and have to translate that to a new character was probably a difficult transition. And so this was kind of one of those transitional movies Mm -hmm. where it's like, she didn't quite nail it. Like she had moments, like it wasn't terrible acting, but it could have been so much more. Yeah, I think Mandy Moore did- a million times better doing that transition Mm -hmm. I think when I first saw A Walk to Remember I was like this corny y'all but eventually eventually I could see like she wasn't she wasn't horrible that movie also can read as a Christian movie as well Mm -hmm. I think but I think Mandy Moore did a better job at that transitioning from yeah I mean Hillary wasn't just a pop star she was an actress first but it this movie gave me I'm a pop star trying to be an actress vibes yes but not doing any of it well (laughs) (laughs) yeah I want to start 
I want to talk about the beginning scene. Okay, go ahead. Tell me. So the beginning scene is pretty much this choir practice happening at school or glee club, whatever you want to call it. Well, prior prior to that, we get the quote from Beethoven that makes no goddamn sense. It says, music is a higher revelation than all wisdom and philosophy. What now? (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) Makes no sense in the context of the movie. Probably still left in from when it was supposed to be a Christian. No, they did not land. Psalms, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's true. Oh, maybe they were like, we need a different quote to start the movie. This (laughs) one says music in it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they should have just gone with it and made it a Christian movie. I would have understood the movie a, t- a hundred yes. times better. Yeah. And it like, it would have made all the pieces come together. When I read that fast, yes. I was like, oh, why didn't y'all do that? Yeah. <laughs> would they have had that budget? And yes. like, use, like Hollywood stars with the I think there's version? been a... F- I think there's a, been a few Christian movies where they've had pretty big budgets and they would have done well. I think it would have done well. It probably would have done better if it was marketed as a Christian movie. Yeah. Yeah. But back okay, to- Okay, sorry, Danielle, back no, no, to- No, no, thanks for, <laughs> we needed that tip because I totally <laughs> forgot about that. So I'm watching this scene and they are in choir practice and you see Hillary just having the time of her goddamn life. <laughs> Yes, yes, she is feeling, and and again, this would have made more sense if this was a Christian movie because she was feeling the Lord. (laughs) Jeremiah was a bullfrog. (laughs) Totally inappropriate for a high school choir. (laughs) Yeah, where's the separation of state of school? Um, Or any other schools. (laughs) But for me, it was giving me very much Mr. Schuster and Glee. Yes. Oh my God, yes. It was very much giving me glee. I said, is That's this so the- accurate? So if y'all are glee fans and you've never seen this movie, I would go watch that beginning scene. If yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. My first note was opens and I'm cringing. <laughs> Immediately. And she was the only one. So there was another blonde girl in the far back, but she was oh, kind of like a dirty blonde. Yes, but Hillary was the only one that was like bright, yes, blonde I, hair, like sh- a light was shining. I'm sure she had her own her. light. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I did not like this blonde on her, and it was very noticeable to me that it was a very different blonde than what in some of the other things that she was like mm. a Cinderella story. It washed her out quite a bit. I felt like it was she looks. Weak. She looks sick. Yeah, she looks yeah. sick. I was like, are we having a walk to remember? I don't remember a bitch dying in this one. Well, not her. (laughs) Yeah, like in both of your photos, like, look at her. Yeah, it's very pale. It's giving me very touched by an angel, you know? (laughs) Maybe there's extensions. It's just, it's very Lego hair. Like, it's just on there. Yeah, And I feel like that actually doesn't help her act either because it's just like, wear this hair it's never up it's never one ever she has hair so she can just do something she has one scene where it's clipped back in like one of the mini claw clips but that's Mm. even just like the very 2000s (laughs) crown is clipped back Mm -hmm. i want to say i I, you know i don't want i don't know what our journey is going to be having this podcast 
and I don't want to talk shit so bad about somebody, but no. whoever was doing the hair on this entire the entire, entire movie, movie. Crash. <laughs> yeah. Crash. I don't have I'm a hair license. Specific hairstylist is gonna come back. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I apologize in advance, but it's not your best work. And I hope <laughs> no, it's not that you learn from it because <laughs> Is is I mean look okay Jason Ritter's hair looks like shaggy okay just I don't I don't even know what to say it's like a, it's pre Justin Bieber like it's not long enough to be the Justin Bieber this one yeah yeah, yeah Jason yeah. Ritter it's just homeboy needs a haircut like it's yeah. curling around the back like you just need to cut his eyeballs out of it at least <laughs> like do something. Yeah, I, I used to always think Jason Ritter was cute, but in this movie, I was not attracted to him. The hair does nothing for him. No, nothing. Yeah. In terms of two thousands hair, like, okay, was this person doing their best? No, no. An iconic <laughs> timepiece of unfortunate hair. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and but it's uh, very authentic in that way. You know what I mean? Like we actually true. had hairs like this. This is a time capsule, 100% when it yeah. comes to the hair. And when we do meet Jay, not, yeah. Yeah. Jay, oh, Sonic. Sonic. Well, <laughs> this, it's like a possum pissed on his head, bleached his hair, and left the piss stain behind. I think yeah, that's pretty Such accurate. a way with words. I know. <laughs> <laughs> The Danielle Dictionary. None of us can argue, right? (laughs) Yeah. Is it like, did he bleach it himself and that's why it looks like that? Yeah, he bleached it at the school, you know. Maybe that's what the whole point of this movie is. That they were trying to give realistic portrayals of these, you know, the kids doing it themselves. Maybe Terry was trying to be bleach blonde. She did that from the box. She mm-hmm. cutting her own bangs at home. Right. And maybe for her brother, he he was trying to rebel against his dad. So the growing out the hair was a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm trying, I'm trying hard to give back stories here. That's why the Brian. dad was so angry. That's some pretext. <laughs> <laughs> it was that damn hair. I mean, yeah. if he grew up in the 60s, I could imagine like it was such a rebellious thing back then for them to grow out the hair. Yeah. Yeah. So we do get a little bit of exposition where the teacher said he sent in his recommendation. And then now we're in the hallway and Matthew is giving her the concert tickets he secured and she pays him for it. So, and she's very kind to him, even though he's kind of goofy and silly and very obviously has like a crush on her and her friend kind of makes fun of her for it. And she's like, what? He's a nice kid. So we're already set up that Terry is just kind to everyone and everyone likes her and she wants to be inclusive so that's nice then we meet Paul Jason Ritter as Terry's older brother he is a senior they're throwing him a senior party which consists of Terry (laughs) their mom and dad and Aunt Nina and he's like screw that I'll I'll show up when I show up (laughs) Hold down the fort for me. And then we realize that their dad is like hella abusive. I would imagine you wouldn't want to bring your friends there. Either. Yeah. 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 So now Paul shows up at his graduation backyard barbecue. Where was he? <laughs> he, went to go, 
he well he might have been but he said he was hanging out with friends or he was saying goodbye to some of his friends yeah but I think we figure out like later on he tells Terry that he is not coming he's not staying for the summer so it does make sense that That he's saying goodbye yeah okay yeah Yeah. inconsiderate of their father (laughs) yes and acting like he doesn't know that this man has a short fuse right (laughs) So we also, Terry is talking to her aunt Nina about the Bristol Hill something, Hillman Music Conservatory. Conservatory. It's that music school, y'all. That's what we're going to be calling it. We will not say this name again because it's ridiculous. So I ran on that devil music. (laughs) (laughs) It turned into Footloose. He is okay. That is his backstory. He yes. is from the town of Footloose. Yes. <laughs> and Aunt Nina got out, but Dad is still stuck in those ways. Yeah. So we find out that Dad is adamantly against pretty much anyone Everything. leaving ever. When they were driving in the Jeep scene, you do see a sign after they're leaving school that it says Flagstaff. Oh, it's like one of the first times in a movie I actually get where the hell they are. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, dad doesn't want her going anywhere to the big scary city where things could happen to her. He <laughs> wants her under his roof where he can keep an eye on her. Oh, he's like a firecracker. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Yes, he's a. Paul is going to ASU, which is in Tempe, which is two and a half hours. Oh, oh okay. Long right. distance. I'll be able to do his laundry on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so now we see later that night, Terry is making music in her bedroom. Her brother records everything. Okay. <laughs> it's creepy. It, it is. They're, and when he was. Are they in love? They're giving me very much Lannisters. I'm not. Yes. I'm not going to. That. That. It's a beautiful love story. Yes. It is. What's it really is? is. And as he's shooting these things, it's like you can always see him like in the reflection of the mirror and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. the, the, these are really weird shots. He's getting as a blossoming videographer because Jackie's film school knowledge is like, why would you get your reflection in anything that you're trying to record about like someone else? So, but that comes back later on. It makes sense. And then this is where we see that the brother takes all of these like spontaneous clips of Terry singing and him recording her and stuff, compiles them and sends them out to the conservatory as her demo reel. None of it's good. No. No. So I okay. <laughs> also, what that girl doing? She is barely singing in this video. I I thought she was going out for a hairbrush commercial. <laughs> great yeah and can we talk about i call it the turtle shell move that hillary dust does continuously in this movie where she goes (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck hillary do you itch is your neck trying to are you a turtle like what is happening there's something so cringy about her sexuality can I say that like yeah cringe because she is attractive like but yet she's trying not to be maybe she's not comfortable with it yet or something and then the hair it's this crazy like wig and like I don't know it's like 
I think it makes me cringe because it's like, I don't know I'm cute, you know? And yeah, like, or like, I think adorable. that's cute and that's why I do it. Right, yeah. I think that's, well, you know what it is? It's giving, <laughs> there's a lot of it's giving this episode, but it's giving, I'm not a girl. Yeah. Not, not yet, yet a woman. woman. That's what it's giving. But Brittany did it way, way better at Crossroads. Yes. <laughs> hundred percent it's the innocence that's what it is mm-hmm. they're trying to yes. make her seem so innocent so innocent and pure yes it's like just let her be like she has she doesn't have it's not like we're saying go be a hoe bag or anything right. like that but this is weird yeah and especially that like the way she's dancing like for her brother or whatever in the bathroom like that Who was way that? more like, sexual was so than flirty. anything yes yes I wouldn't be surprised if they were dating during this movie I know I was gonna say that I was like the chemistry actually was better than between Sonic Her and the Jay. Hedgehog yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh so it was a so- it was Sonic that pissed on his hair oh, maybe. <laughs> it's a hedgehog hair okay tails flew him up there and dropped him. <laughs> You know what it kind of feels like is Missy and Jesse from Bring It On, where you're like, some of the way times you're acting, that feels weird to me. Did they date during that movie? Because I saw a music video that they were in and they were like holding hands on the sand and I'm like, what's happening? We'll get back into that when we do Bring It On one day. The tickets that Terry has purchased are to Three Days Grace, which she's is her graduation gift to her brother he loves them but it seems like she loves them way more than he does so is it a gift for you for me like I don't understand her brother's her brother's happiness is seeing his sister happy I feel that yeah but then he also says you have the best voice I've ever heard. I'm sorry. What? So yeah, it was, it's a voice only a brother could love. Could love. Brother, and a lover. A friend. <laughs> so there's another punk band randomly in a movie for no reason. Is that what they are? I thought are they, they were like Christian Christians, bands. maybe. Are they a Christian man? Because when I, I, I heard the name, like, I know I should know them. But when I heard the name, I was like, that kind of checks, right? Yeah, it sounded similar, familiar, but I don't know. I really thought 100% they were a Christian band. I'm looking them up right now. If not, I mean, fine. But that one like, scene. You know those bands like Switchfoot or something that are like, yes, like you don't have coded. to be Christian to go kind of right. thing? Yeah. They're not, le- um, they're not labeled as christian they're post-grunge hmm. hard rock alternative metal alternative rock new metal we're gonna get so much hate from nick if he knows who this band is he's gonna yell at us i know the name is famous so i'm sure a lot of people are gonna be like you guys don't know that sorry in advance <laughs> they're, they're they're excellent they're great <laughs> they're wonderful i mean nick, nick knows nick knows i've been to enough punk rock shows that like if they didn't register with me they didn't register with me and <laughs> three days point. grace did not register with me that's there's a scene when they're at the concert because they sneak out and go to the concert right because uh, paul got grounded by dad for dad was trying to start the grill and it wouldn't light so paul just dumped lighter <laughs> that shit was kind of 
that was scary it was scary and it made me I want to watch this movie like whatever this weird (laughs) subtext right whatever this is I want to watch this family dynamic yes yeah like this is like beautiful but like a little bit run down maybe like in the backyard it doesn't look like super fancy or anything and then like the grill is just like this little rinky-dink grill yeah if and like the brother rebelling in really oddly like aggressive ways aggressive ways like I want to see more about Paul. I want a movie about Paul. <laughs> yes. It, it, it feels like the dad might have been abusive to Paul, but then like super sweet to the daughter the whole time and might have been abusive to the mom as well. She looked mm-hmm. real raggedy in this movie. Sorry, Rita Wilson, but you did. Before her son even died. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was just abused. Yeah, yes. she was just very like dowdy and like yeah. long floral dresses. Her hair was very unkempt and not and, in like, a timid. yes. It looked like her character Chrissy from now and then. Just yes, like but less the exact so. same character, but no joy. Yeah. <laughs> and we then okay, she met and, someone from the footloose town and it all exactly. Happened. And we do apologize. We're not making light in any way of abusive relationships no. No. at all. It's just you have like if you haven't seen this movie, it's it, it feels that way, and to like not acknowledge that it feels yeah. that way or has those like undertones would be doing a disservice to the characters in the movie I think yeah Yeah. and it's the most like it's the most tone that there is aside from like like jam session right that is the most feeling that you notice because the dad is such a he's acting so hard and he's like getting so much and so it's just like it's awful like what's happening yeah And I feel like even, and you know, I'm not a film buff from this perspective, but I feel like the coloring when they're filming it at home is a little bit like yellow, but brown undertones, like a little bit Mm -hmm. darker. But when they get to LA, it's a little bit brighter. Mm -hmm. Clean. Yeah, which is weird because it's LA, (laughs) but. Yeah, it's more gritty at home and then like more polished when they get to LA. Yeah, which is interesting because the director that was originally supposed to originally supposed to be the director for this movie is James Heyman. And like a lot of people were set to be in this original film and then it got all switched out when the they got a new director and everything like that. So just thought I wonder what it was. I really want to see this other version of the movie. Yes. So at the concert. <laughs> Did they know the other gentleman that like helped Paul raise her up on her sh- on their shoulders? So Paul, being the great brother that he is, he even though they're damn near front row the center, same. there's right? no one there. There's like maybe <laughs> twenty people watching this concert, right? And also, she's not six years old, right? Yes. So her she's brother 16. decides he's going to put her on his shoulders. So at first, when you see this shot, you you think that she's on his shoulder, but then you kind of, I, I tilted, I remember tilting my head and I was like, <laughs> now I know this fool can just pick her up on one shoulder, right? But then there's another dude. And so she's just on their shoulders for no reason. And like then one cheek on each shoulder right. and they're like holding <laughs> a leg. Right. And then, and then 
this this the lead singer decides okay baby girl i'm gonna reach towards you and and they're like reaching towards each other and i'm like you're already on top of these men why are you moving around leaning forward it was a power line situation without it being a power line situation (laughs) (laughs) a lot less graceful than the power line situation yes oh after they reach for one another now she's just crowd surfing in the sea of 20 people and then now they're on their way home she's still singing the songs he's looking at her lovingly and he doesn't see right (laughs) right and he doesn't see semi (laughs) hit them like it wasn't just another car those headlights were high and bright and the next side or her side yes his side okay because she looks over to him she sees the headlight and she yells his name, and then the next scene is she's waking up in a hospital. I don't mean to laugh at this, but the way the daddy was just unhinged <laughs> when the poor doctor. So, like, she has zero bruises on her face. All that we know is that she's in the hospital, and she's got like you know the the wires in her nose, whatever. And then the doctor's like, "I need to test her." And so he asked her a question, like what her birthday is. And daddy's like, it's, it's tomorrow. Like he's (laughs) answering for her. And so like, they're trying to see if she's concussed. (laughs) Stop answering for her. (laughs) He just wants to murder anyone. (laughs) And now he's pissed that his son got killed. So now give me an excuse. (laughs) (laughs) So what the doctor's like, okay, we're going to let Terry answer the next question. And so Terry asked, he asked Terry a question. Now she's been intubated. It, I think I said that right. Please don't come at me if I didn't. But anyone who knows it, especially if you know when you've had that tube, like your your throat's a little dry. The guy asked her a question. This man doesn't even let her get a chance to think about it before he is like, "What's wrong with my baby?" It's just ridiculous. What? And then the doctor says, "I need to you to answer." out loud like she he thought that she was just like telepathically Psychic, sending yeah. like what <laughs> month it was like she's not stupid she knows she has to say it out loud give her a <laughs> glass of water she became telepathic actually and she told him my birthday's tomorrow and then he was like you need to say it out loud they i think they thought they were fucking with jean gray <laughs> she needs to go to Professor Xavier's for exceptional children. How hilarious would it have been if you just see the wheels come in? Excuse me, we need to take your daughter now. We're going to a music conservatory. <laughs> a very special school for talented children. So much better. So much better that it's now now Christian X Men. Oh please! <laughs> oh, so like much that better. has actually already been made. <laughs> Probably <laughs> the power of Christ compelling you. <laughs> the, the doctor is examining her and doing like the flashlighty thing in her eyes, which most doctors do to like see if you have a concussion. And obviously she has PTSD. Her right. She was just in a horrible car accident. I don't think she knows her brother has died yet. Yeah. But the flashlight she- triggers her 
And so she freaks out. And then the dad screams at the doctor and tells him to leave her alone. Like, yeah, she does know that her brother's dead. Because okay. her mom is with her when she wakes up. So, and when she asks for where Paul is, her mom just shakes starts, her head no and yeah. just starts crying hysterically. That's right. It would have been interesting if like the family was kind of more chill before the accident. Mm-hmm. It would have explained the dad being very overprotective yes. after the accident. Yeah. That's a great point. Like we didn't need a whole nother storyline to explain <laughs> why dad was so hype about protecting everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It literally makes no sense. Like I'm no. sorry to keep obsessing about it, but I'm just like, <laughs> did he think of that? That did, did the director like tell him like, can you actually bring a little more violence in writing? Like <laughs> just silence, rage the and entire it's so time. With Hillary, because yes. she's such a she doesn't seem like she can ever be in a situation like that. Like she just has this like anything would just go off of her like water off a duck's back kind of a thing yeah yeah and so then when he's like raging and she's like we're all afraid of you it's like are they in the same movie (laughs) you don't seem afraid of him because you're yelling at him and he seems like he has been abusive in the past now we have flashes of her new life it's just like them solemnly around the kitchen table where like they pan to Paul's spot like her even singing in the church choir there's no joy to it and so they're kind of just going through the motions this whole movie all I could think about was when they're like you have no joy in singing anymore you need to do this you need to do that you should go to the music thing number one she was in a traumatic event right number two her brother just died like two months prior right like she should be in counseling and not being shipped off to LA to go to this music conservatory it's going to be there next year for her if she's ready for that right like like the whole time it was kind of like that thing like in princess diaries where she's like your dad died three months ago get over it like (laughs) (laughs) like don't make her get over it plus she has like what seems to be a traumatic home life to begin with homegirl needed a lot of therapy and maybe not go to music school yeah right away it would she's only 16 so she has time and I think what would have made more sense because we later find out in the movie that her brother sent the DVD of the, all the weird videos of them loving on the each love other. actually DVD. I think if we had found out that he submitted it, that might have been a better reason for a grief stricken person to go because he believed yes. in her so much and got her in. Right, I thought he did. No, but well, he did, so, but which we don't. She doesn't know that she still goes to the school without knowing that her brother is the reason why she got in. Because she just oh. submitted the application okay. and like but her voice her. demo. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. Like that yeah. being the catalyst, like at the last moment you find out you got in because your brother submitted your and application like, okay. or whatever. And it's like, oh, he wants me like a PS I love you thing. Like right. you need oh. to get on with your life. <laughs> right. Thing. I would have been so much better. Yeah, than... that makes total sense. And I don't think the movie needed the dad to be like a roadblock she no. only had so many roadblocks when she gets to the school mm-hmm. so I think yeah. if they, you know the whole family saw that Paul got her into the school the dad would have said 
I don't want to lose you, but I'm afraid if I don't let you go, I'm going to lose you Mm -hmm. anyways. So I think you should do this for yourself and for Paul and and go. And then they just show up at the end for the performance and that's it. Like there was no Mm -hmm. need. She had that bitch at school. She had the philandrin Sonic the Hedgehog. She had (laughs) her black roommate who was like, bitch, you're mediocre. (laughs) He was right. A hundred percent. Denise was right. (laughs) So yeah, mom finds the acceptance letter in the trash and she's like, what is this? Why did you throw it away? And so then they come up with this convoluted plan because dad (laughs) won't let her go that she's going to go stay with aunt Nina for the month of August in Palm Desert. And how far is Palm Desert from Flagstaff? Oh, LA. from LA. Okay. I know how far it is from Flagstaff because I Googled, Googled that. that. <laughs> yeah. Hold so on. Jesse, as we're going through this, have we seen any juicy up to this point? We're actually coming up to my first juicy sighting. Okay. Which is? So yeah, as soon as she gets home, well, I guess so it goes through that sort of montage of like their new life. And then when it comes to the scene of the, when the aunt is telling her about I think they're coming up with the plan like they're right. outside by the um, picnic table so it starts out they're in the house with the family and then the Later. two of them go outside she's wearing a full set of brown hoodie and a, and it's like a velvety dark brown hoodie and pants which is really cute and I love that they let her wear like the full set because I feel like that wouldn't have gone with her character in like a lot of situations, but this was kind of like she's lounging at home and stuff. Yeah. So it was cute because a lot of times, you know, like in Mean Girls and stuff, it's used as like the pink full set and like she's the bitch or whatever. But this was just very cute and like loungy and she was even supposed to be kind of like depressed. So I kind mm-hmm. of liked that, nice. that use of it. Jackie, did you find out how far it is? Yeah, it's about three hours. How the, okay. <laughs> Pretty far. When we get to that scene, the math ain't mathing with that 100% about her getting on that train to go to LA. And oh, her, it, it does, the math does math. It's because fine. Flagstaff to Palm Desert is six hours. But we don't know how far of a head start daddy got. <laughs> this is true, but you have a three hour window. Yeah. Okay, so- <laughs> So now dad hands her a wad of cash to go to Aunt Nina's. Oh, God. Aunt Nina lives. I don't know how much she gets for those sculptures or if she has a sugar daddy on the side, but her she house is, right <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, she must've gotten the, the house in the divorce because that house is gorgeous. She has the oh, huge- she's a, she's a self-supported artist. She has a huge shop. Like, I was like, in California, how much you, how much you raking in with those sculptures, Aunt Nina? They're pricey. Yeah. yeah. She's selling to the selling sunset houses out there. She's like, <laughs> yes. oh, you need a sculpture? <laughs> so. Yeah, I love her rich boho vibes. Yes, yeah. I love it. And she tells Terry the story of why dad is such a hard ass. And he and his best friend got, both got scholarships to go play football in LA. Apparently their parent, their family owned a restaurant, which 
dad still runs and Terry is a waitress at. And so he made the choice to stay home and help run the restaurant because their parents were not in great health. While his friend went and took the scholarship in LA and got in with the wrong crowd. (laughs) And so now everyone has to stay home forever. (laughs) Were they in love? (gasps) Maybe. Maybe. Because when he, he's like, you can't go to LA. I know what happens to nice girls who go to LA. I think he's talking about his best friend who he hoped would come back, but he never did. Damn. Damn. Got hit by the Kokona. (laughs) Spent a lot of time at the Viper room. (laughs) (laughs) That powder hit real hard. (laughs) So now mom is crying in Paul's room. She's, you know, I mean. Yeah, just grieving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyone who's seen or had experienced someone who's passed and you had to like pack up their stuff. Yeah. You, you would understand the scene a hundred percent. Yeah. So she talks Terry into going and mom gives her a cell phone because they have this even more convoluted situation (laughs) where they have to conference in aunt Nina because dad's going to want to talk to her to make sure that Terry is at her house. Like what they did cover all angles I guess it did make sense if you were talking to one of them then you're like oh can I talk to her or whatever yeah they were ready (laughs) yes but they knew how psychotic he was so exactly led by his trauma I think that's a better way to this wasn't their first rodeo no no not at all and so Terry she 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 packs up her stuff she gets to the, she takes a train and she ends up at the iconic train station, Union Station, which we've mm-hmm. seen in many movies, including Can't Hardly Wait. She now she she leaves her jacket to be stolen. That's how <laughs> I look at it. Cause why? She she I thought all the money her dad gave her was in there. Me too. But oh, she no. seemed to be fine. And the taxi driver was like, "Bitch, get in this car." So he drops her off. Welcome to LA. Right. <laughs> I do love that when they are showing LA, they don't just, you know, she's looking at it like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I keep looking, I'm like, bitch, it's just building in lights. What's happening right now? Uh You're not really from the boonies, boonies. Blackstaff is not far from a bigger city. Like, what what is she doing? Uh, I don't know. It's not like she saw. She sees like, she sees different sites and then she sees homeless people and then her face is kind of like, Oh. <laughs> yes she's like it, contem- contemplative yes. <laughs> but even like, the homeless people are like having a great time like they don't yeah like- <laughs> they don't care <laughs> i was trying to figure oh. out what the director was trying to do there yeah she's taking it all in yeah and, and then <laughs> one get- thing i have to say when she when the dad gave her the money and she left before we get to the big city did it look to anyone else like the dad just fully kissed her on the oh, lips I didn't oh I didn't that. notice that he didn't like you it is her cheek but the way that the angle was mm-hmm. I have no idea why they shot it from that angle like I reminded uh, it two times because I was like what that was so <laughs> weird yeah and then Hillary looks at the mom like sorry mom <laughs> so creepy <laughs> so creepy i'm just a creepy person so anyone who's <laughs> gonna find out like i watch way too much lifetime and that's what it turned into. that's what this was it was a precursor to a lifetime movie for sure or like the after effects but my question is this so she gets to the school 
obviously they should have known she was coming or there was some nobody was sitting at the front desk the door is locked do these kids did all these kids get there earlier that day it felt like a lot of these kids had like go to that all day every day that's a great point so I'm very maybe maybe they were more comfortable because the majority of them had been there the previous summer. True. So it was like old hat to them, but yeah. still yeah. you're banging on that door, bitch. You got a cell phone. Call someone. <laughs> this, the cell phone's new to her, but what he does <laughs> is really fucking annoying. So yeah. the character of Jay sees her knocking the door, opens the door. I don't even know what he says to her and closes it again. Bitch, you know, you see me with the luggage. We're not far from Skid Row, baby. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 it I'm looks scared. like the Cecil Hotel when she comes up there. Yes. yes. It's it's a little sketch, 100%. Which I think it's like, what's the password or something? Yes. yes. And then and then finally she was like, bitch, don't play with me. Let me <laughs> in. And he's like, by the way, it was monkeys. I'm about cool. to pull a motherfucking knife out of my juicy and stab you. <laughs> okay play with me if you want to does juicy couture make pocket knives they should <laughs> oh my god they should like a whole line of women's defense yes yes oh my gosh <laughs> goals no one's getting in between me and my juicy <laughs> i built this campaign already <laughs> i love it it's so, like nothing comes between in my calvin exactly right. Right. yeah so so the next scene is terry cramering into (laughs) her dorm room oh yeah making all of the noise in the world flipping on the lights her poor roommate is already sleeping right i would like like, if i opened the door and saw it was pitch black i would have like poked my head in and say hey i'm sorry i I don't want to bother you do you mind if i turn the lights and i just want to not fall but she just bust in there definitely white girl privilege her ass yeah. right through and denise yeah. was like bitch <laughs> she had no awareness in that scene at all like have you never lived with someone have you ever lived have you never like, yeah shared with anyone like i know she hasn't been to college or anything yet but like she just turned the light on and just went on about her business as if someone was not sleeping there. Like that After weird. like throwing her luggage around and yeah. making all of the noise in the world. Like I know you, you've already woken her up obviously with all of your noise, but, but now trying. Yeah. And it then was, she's like, hi, I'm Terry. Like take a shot every time she says that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> trying too hard, baby girl. surprised that the girl isn't like, super jolly to see her it's like you just woke her up and you're very annoying not a really good first impression not at all and then she has the audacity the next scene they're going to like their orientation I guess with the teachers Mm -hmm. and she goes and sits next to the girl and I'm sure Denise was like this so yeah she she wasn't feeling Terry she was a little annoyed with her but also she was very focused and driven as to why she was there absolutely because there's a scholarship and here comes Uncle Phil (laughs) only (laughs) the only part of the movie that was like watchable for me (laughs) I wrote Uncle Phil (laughs) yeah James Avery could not save this movie no. no, it was not in this movie enough either. Wasn't no. he a 
a great actor of the stage in the past. Yes. 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 I felt, I felt it more than seeing him as uncle Phil, but I was yeah. like, I feel like he's ready to like, he's projecting out on that stage. Yeah. yeah. I think he would have been way better as the main teacher than John Corbett. So James Avery is Mr. Gantry and he's introducing the program, but before he even gets there, these teachers, or we don't know their teachers. We just see people playing now performing they're playing instruments yes oh, yeah. and I just want to bring up my very wealth of knowledge because I played the viola oh back in middle school I was I was like when did you play a viola but it was pre-Jackie it Continue. was pre-Jackie oh. and I <laughs> I was second all county so I got second chair that did not mean I was great the girl who was supposed to be second got sick. So I moved up. But anywho, I know how you hold a bow. And it's not what John Corbett was doing. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. It was was, bad. He was riffing. He was just like, okay, guys who are, everybody who's listening, sorry if you can't see me, but the way that he was he wasn't holding the bow correctly. One, two, the way he was on the cello, he was just unhinged. It's that's not, even if you're play, playing quickly, he wasn't even touching the goddamn strings first and foremost. <laughs> and then he had the audacity to drop the cello on the floor. Anybody like, who's ever it. played, you, you don't do that. When you have a string instrument, first of all, you learn how to respect your instrument very early on. That's like Mm -hmm. the first thing that you do. And they're very expensive instruments. And some of them are old. Like you do not do that. That was the most disrespectful thing I've seen in a long time. It broke my heart. I was like, this is ridiculous. I completely agree. It was like, oh, he's the bad boy of cello. (laughs) He's wearing wearing Ross's leather pants. Oh my God. And I don't care what his name is. In all of my notes, I just wrote Aiden. (laughs) He had like this shaggy hair that was always in his eyes, except for the last scene when he actually had it in a ponytail. (laughs) Like it's just, I was like, what is this aesthetic we're going for, Aiden? Because I'm not digging it. (laughs) There's something so cringy about him also. And I really don't like whenever he like talks to kids because I feel like he's always acting like whoever he talks to like wants to have sex with him yes so maybe he's just putting off that energy or something and so then when he's talking to kids I'm just like what is this there's like exposition later because like Terry gets a solo and Robin her nemesis is pissed about it and she's like well I guess you're the favorite this year I was his favorite last year I was like was that that there's a lot of uncomfortable yes and I'm like that did feel uncomfortable the whole movie I was kind of waiting for like is this teacher gonna turn out to be a pedophile Yeah, yeah like she wore out that way yes she wore the girl her nemesis wore a shirt that said daddy's girl daddy's girl that was uncomfortable i want to look up this director now because questions i got a lot of questions about this movie so we meet the teachers on the stage doing their thing they are the experts and 
I don't understand the breakdown of this music school either because the teachers seem to play, they play instruments, but also can sing uh, supposedly, or they know how to teach you how to sing fine. But the way that the kids, their specialties didn't make sense either. So are you telling me all these kids can play instruments, sing, write music, all of this stuff? Like it just, it didn't seem like everyone was on the same path. Like in fame, when you watch the original and even the newer version, the kids are broken up by different specialties. Like you Mm -hmm. have the dancers, you have the singers, you have the people who play instruments. So I just thought it was weird, especially the kid who plays Kiwi, who he's doing more electric art. Almost like DJ. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's recording sounds and making music out of it, which Mm -hmm. is a little bit more outside of the traditional box, but he's in the choir class with them as well. So it, that did not, didn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. I agree. Like there should have been like, here's like the group that are the musicians here's the group that are the singers like it didn't yeah their talents were so vast how do you just pick one for a scholarship at the end like that felt yeah very cumbersome to me can we talk about chili showing up (laughs) i called him i called him chili the whole time even though his name in this movie is kiwi but he played chili on the oc so that's how I refer to him. <laughs> he is the one that wants to be a DJ. He's recording sounds all the time. And does he purposely trip Terry just to get her scream? I think so. Okay, that part also was gross. Yes. <laughs> and he like was- he gets the scream recorded. She does a little cute little scream. Yeah. The Hillary Duff scream. Yeah, the yeah. Hillary. Yeah. And then he gets the recording, he like plays it back to himself. And then he's like, oh, <laughs> when he hears it, I'm like, Jesus, he, the he, he too is a little unhinged because he has the crush on Kat Dennings um, character Sloan. and Sloan. And it's just, when we get to that part, okay, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. It don't, it, it's not, it's, it's yeah, not giving consent. Is- this is Kat Denning's yeah. first role. She fucking nailed it. Yeah. She does. Like out of every, all of the acting in this movie from veterans like Rita Wilson <laughs> and Rebecca DeMornay, I was so enraptured in Kat Denning's and she looked gorgeous. Stunning. And I'm just like, I just want to see you more. And I wanted her to be my background, but there are very few solo images of her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just very few of raise your voice in general. On the yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> I could not find a good one, but I love her. I, I, I adore her anyway, and but tell me this is yeah. not the precursor to her character a little bit in house bunny. Yes, yeah. and lots of characters that she does. Yeah, yes. that's why I love whenever I see her because I'm like, oh yeah, it's that that girl that like that's yeah. just her. Like I yeah. think yeah. that I'm just seeing her in different movies. Yeah, I wrote her in my notes of like what I remembered from when I watched it. Like I was obsessed. I am obsessed with the Phantom of the Opera, and she's very much giving Phantom of the Opera just angry, like on yes. The- <laughs> Just anger playing the piano the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. And like you said, she does so great. And like, she doesn't really even have that many lines. And she doesn't Mm -hmm. really even get introduced officially, like to us 
for surprisingly kind of a lot of the movie yeah but she's so good and she's so stunning she looks like she reminds me of like a young Angelina Jolie when she like looks yes. up like so mad and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first time we see her and hi my name is Terry approaches her is like can I sit here <laughs> and like Sloan doesn't say anything to her she just looks at her so Terry sits down and Sloan gets up and walks away like I thought she said yeah but then left that's what I well, thought maybe that was even more hilarious yeah so, yeah Sloan uh Terry's not doing well at, the, at school with making friends she's pissed off her her roommate then there's the I guess the bad girl in school who Robin Robin who believes that her and Jay are meant to be because they were a fling last summer and he's not really saying no either in the beginning so given off they were those together vibes, in the beginning yeah a hundred percent and so yeah she doesn't have many options for friends it seems she does love to go to the top the roof of the the school by herself mm-hmm. and uh I thought for sure she was going to get locked out. Yes. Like, I I was like, oh, here's another situation where she's going to be banging on a door. But no, she just finds this. Exactly. (laughs) She just finds this secret, awesome spot that no one else has found (laughs) is her secret spot. So in a scene right after the lunch scene, she's walking around to LA. She has a shirt on. So she has a Juicy Couture uh, jacket that's zipped halfway up the only moment <laughs> the only words that show on her shirt I'm so glad are, you're the only one who wrote this down <laughs> are candy ho candy ho yes candy I did ho. see that and I was like wait what are these I did see that so then yeah. in a later scene you can see it says candy shoes boys yes but all you can see is candy ho <laughs> yeah I totally noticed that too I guess candy shoes boys kind of makes sense as a shirt that seems like a shirt they just made so that they could make it say candy right like if I only zip up my juicy couture jacket this much then I can just say candy yeah I feel like this is very much the time period for printed tees that just said god whatever you want yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. which Um, is super juicy as well (laughs) And then she runs into Denise. She does, you know, kind of let her guard down a little bit. Also, I know a white person wrote this because I can't imagine the direction that they gave this actress, Dana Davis, on how to play this role. I can't imagine what kind of notes she got for this. And speaking of the director, I looked it up. He got started on the secret life of alex mack <gasps> so he was in nickelodeon world danielle oh my god that Ooh. makes total sense yeah. but i wonder if nickelodeon was that was bad like that bad at that point i mean mm-hmm. i can imagine that it's probably just it was i can't imagine that the dan schneider time period just happened by right. itself like i'm sure it was a progression or this was a culture that was just normalized so that makes sense totally yeah. So Terry catches up with Denise. They have that exchange. And then Denise is like, come with me. Let me show you something. She goes to Union Station and she is essentially a street performer to earn extra money. 
because she really needs the scholarship. Her mom owns, it sounds like a boutique, some sort of store and really doesn't earn enough money for Denise to be able to go to music school after after high school. And so she's really focused on the scholarship money. And so to practice, she goes to Union Station and as a street performer, she earns some money and then she gets to practice in a setting with, as she puts it, really good acoustics. And so, and you can see like Denise is far superior in her music musicality than anyone we have met thus far. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. clears throat> I, I, like, I, I have to say this, besides maybe Kate, Kat Denning's character, mm-hmm. this movie is the height of just pure white mediocrity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not one single person is extremely talented. And I think this is why the movie Fame and even that school that it was based on was did so well. It's, you know, in the heart of New York, very diverse, diverse. And it, it is just raw, pure talent. I don't know what the fuck this was. This was no. summer camp and we I kept, happened to teach. I know. kept thinking if we had just put Jessica Simpson in this movie. Yes. Oh. It would have been amazing. Yes. Like. That would have been cool. Yeah. Because like she could actually sing and belt yes. out these numbers and show that she has talent that warrants her being there. I love Hilary Duff. And I always thought when her songs came out back in that time, she had a, a different tone in her voice that was, mm-hmm. that differentiated her. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like she ever tried to go without, like beyond her range. She knew where mm-hmm. she, she was and that mm-hmm. and she was fun and pop and it was great. But in this movie, it does not translate at all. No. It doesn't make sense. No, no, not when you're, you're supposed to be picked out of thousands of applicants from around the country. It does. Yeah. It, it didn't make sense. And right. I don't blame the the crazy. What's that girl's name? Her, Robin. Robin. Yeah. No, she's totally right. She's yeah. she's the only one saying it. Like, why is this girl taking my solo? Right. Like, I feel like how in the Princess Diaries they switched Mandy Moore into the bad girl yeah. role and it worked like yeah. if Hillary had been that role in this and just that very cutesy kind of singer like yeah. who was very comfortable at school she could have really like dug into that right but she's supposed to be someone with a Jessica Simpson voice and she's mm-hmm. not and it's literally like the entire movie that's what makes the whole thing even more insane because it's yeah. just yeah. like and then maybe also that's why everyone is kind of mediocre because they were trying not to make it so obvious that she couldn't keep up what do you guys think yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah I think unfortunately she is the weakest link in in the movie from a musical standpoint Mm -hmm. and then at some point when she does have these solos and she starts to get a little bit good or catch her stride it seems heavily mm-hmm. auto-tuned or she's yeah. very much lip singing and doesn't really yeah. even sound like her voice. Yeah. It sounds like you're in a, you're listening to a CD all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. They just press play. Yeah. They yeah. do that quite a bit in the movie with other people too. So, but Denise, I believe that she was playing that violin. Yeah. 
and they they have so many jam sessions that's like one of the yeah. like memorable things for me like from back in the day like this whole movie is just jam sessions <laughs> and the amount of alternative kids that are at this school I was like on one hand like I appreciate showing like everyone who has a lot of musicality because a lot of times alternative kids don't get portrayed appropriately in movies like this but also it was like everyone in the background had like an insane mohawk or like hot pink hair and like you didn't have to go so over the top with it and I think again it's coding for diversity Mm -hmm. if you go back and look and I'm gonna bring up fame again if you go and look at fame and how raw gritty real and a, a great time capsule for that time period yeah it it was and it it was extremely diverse not just in the ill sets but you had a, a group you had hispanic you had black you had latino everything asian all mixed up in there and you did not have that so i think it's kind of like when i joke that when we try and to have colors. diversity, they did that here. They yeah. wait, what was it? They do different hair colors, you said? So I yeah. always joke that diversity in white movies is having, especially if you have three female leads, one has to have black hair, one has to have blonde hair, one has red hair. That's diversity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> three, races. <laughs> three races of, of, yeah. of white people. Of women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what's even more interesting is the original story was set in New York City and they moved it to LA. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, and I think um, our Mr. Sonic the Hedgehog is supposed to bring the diversity because Mm -hmm. he has a British accent. (laughs) Are we diversifying by being British now? Yes. I brought, there's a minority right there. So this is right around the time that Aiden pulls her aside and is like, where's the girl in the video? And she's like, you keep saying that. I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, you submitted a DVD. And she's like, no, I didn't. So he shows it to her and it has this intro, which is a love letter from her brother saying that she's amazing. Best voice ever. Please consider her. So she, she starts crying, runs out. She's packing to leave because her brother did this really sweet thing and then her necklace breaks jay goes to check on her and he takes her to the boardwalk and so now they're walking around talking on the boardwalk so So in this scene she has a really cute juicy outfit what color is it that's all Um, i know she has a blue juicy hoodie and then she has a skirt with it when she's like in the room and then he finds her and then they go walking yeah, and it's like this really bright color blue. Actually, it's kind of like this. Like a baby bag I'm showing. For me. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Kind of that like bright blue color. And she has a skirt with it. And I made a note because it's really similar to this outfit that Lindsay Lohan wears in Mean Girls when she finally becomes a plastic and she has a little plaid, I think, little skirt and then yes. a hoodie and a little tank under it. It's super similar. And it's very interesting because Hillary never plays a mean girl, but to see like the same things like that outfit, I'm pretty sure when they show the progression of like Katie Heron, like that's her, like 
her first Becoming, time like, as a plastic yeah, or something. Yeah. So it's interesting that Hillary's wearing these things, but yet she's supposed to be the good girl. Yeah. And like the mean girl is almost, she's wearing different things. Hmm. The mean girl always looked like she was about to go clubbing. She did. I and wanted she was to, so tall. She I wanted was so to much pull, taller than Hillary. I wanted to pull her shirt up. There is an, a full yeah. ass scene where her bra is kind of showing. And I'm like, y'all don't yes. see this? Y'all yes. don't see this. Her bra is showing. Her one boob is like popping out. Yes. And then it changes to another angle. And it's still the bra's there. not showing. And it's like fully up covering everything. No, no. I, I watched that scene. And it was dedicated. <laughs> and I saw the peak of the... the cause oh, it's the a, whole time? Yes, it's still there. Oh wow! It's still peekaboo. You see, it did me? look like they pulled it up at some at a some little point. bit. It yeah, was like a different height. <laughs> the poor girl. And she, seemed, she and the dad seemed like they were from the same movie. Yes, <laughs> and they were in the same direction. I think. And then exactly. everyone else was in a completely different. Yeah, movie. exactly. <laughs> the director, like Danielle, you were like, "What direction were was she given, or was the roommate given?" I think like. Those three were given the same direction. Just be angry. Yes. Right. I need I need you to go into your angry black woman vibe. Okay. Thanks. All three of you. Yes. <laughs> so now we're on the boardwalk. Jay is talking to uh, Terry and she's like, why do you care so much? And he's like, because I like you. And so then she asks about Robin and he's like that was last year I'm so not into her this year <laughs> I'm into my new juicy line I'm so not vintage yeah right now. <laughs> can't you tell by my new highlights that <laughs> I'm into juicy girls and it's funny because we have this scene and then boom next scene we together we're yes. coupled up we're yes. booed up everybody needs to know and not yes. only are we coupled up we are like a threesome because my best friend is your friend too now yes, yes. as if if this were like well this is pg-13 i guess but if this were a little bit more pg-13 like we would have known that they had like slept together or whatever like it went from them just being like okay i like you and then the next thing like they were so physically comfortable together it was obvious yes. that they'd like spend a ton of time together yes but then like how the much time has passed at the same time when he tries to kiss her this is when it's like make up your mind is this a christian movie again oh yeah yes. tries later. to kiss her yeah right? later on he yeah. tries to kiss her and she's like so they haven't ready. even kissed oh that's the so entire movie weird. that's yeah. so but, bizarre but yeah we're going through a montage where he's <laughs> trying to write his recital she's trying to write hers they decide to do it together because she can write lyrics and he can write music Helper. of course then, they've been making out that whole time yeah right right it's and cute. then they're all sitting at lunch they see Kat Dennings Chili from the OC is like still pining after her yeah. so Terry goes over and like introduces herself and so she finally finds out her name is Sloan and they decide to go on a couple's date together <laughs> <laughs> so they're supposed to go on a double date in the evening I guess but the day of mom comes home to a note from dad that says, I went to check on Terry. The drive is six hours. It's not like, Hey, right. Who's watching the restaurant? Like your <laughs> wife has just lost her son and her daughter's away. Right. And you're just going to like leave her a note. 
like what the shit is that and it's not like hey I'm running 15 minutes up the road to check on Terry I'll be right back it's six hours there and so he doesn't have a cell phone it's it's a Nina I'm sorry but he gets it's six hours away he gets there it's like midday right yeah wouldn't he have slept over does he get right back in the car and drive right because I'm like me so it's we have established it's three hours from LA to Aunt Nina's house so Aunt Nina frantically calls Terry and is like you have to get here now your dad's on the way Terry jumps on a train gets to Aunt Nina's house does she walk from the train station because no one picks her up yes how small is this town where you can walk to Aunt Nina's estate and she gets there right in time. Dad's just arrived. Aunt Nina doesn't know what to do. And then here comes Terry like, hey, dad. But then like, does dad just like, okay, I see you. Have a good day and leaves because the Terry's back in LA for her date that afternoon. The timeline does not make sense. Yeah. I said the math wasn't mapping. Well, I mean, like for her to get to Aunt Nina's house after finding out dad's on his way, that kind of could make sense. But the rest of it makes no goddamn sense. I thought when she asked her boy, because she saw him with this really cool car. Yes. I thought he was was, driving her. Yeah. I thought he was just going to drive her to Aunt Nina's house. So where did he drive her? The bus station? Or the yeah. yeah Which oh. it seems like in the past, they've just walked there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just wanted to throw up like more roadblocks with this like dad thing. Yes. Like when I watched the trailer today too. And like, I think that's one of the things that they mentioned. Like they're like, can Terry do this <laughs> while keeping her father? happy too or whatever like almost as if like that's such a huger part of the movie than like anyone (laughs) thinks and maybe also that's why he's like acting so hard because he's like no this is the main reason why Terry (laughs) you know this is her turmoil in the entire film is me the father (sighs) me the father it's so confusing and the holy grill (laughs) (laughs) the holy grill so now (laughs) (laughs) it just clicked it just clicked oh god (laughs) so now they are on their double date i don't know what sloan showed up for and i wish i had a picture of it sloan yeah it's so cool goth meets victorian times i know she's so emo i love her (laughs) and then the special date like we're leaving where we're going up to terry who the only knows two places in this fucking city which is the train station (laughs) and the boardwalk okay so she got three because she got the rooftop They end up at the train station where Denise is trying to perform and hijack uh, and and make some money. Danielle, the amount of eyebrow wiggles when you just was highly distracting. She doesn't go. It's not the train station. It it looks like it almost looked like Lincoln Center a little bit. It's yeah, like outside a performing arts building. Yeah, yeah. And so she's she's doing her thing. She's getting tips and stuff. Like she's rocking out. And then 
Here comes Terry, Terry has the caucasity yeah. <laughs> to fucking give her new sheet music. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a bop. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's the way you do the things you do. And well, it's, it's sung very poorly. Zero fucking soul. No soul. No soul. Why, why they couldn't have picked a white song? A Beach Boys song. Something. <laughs> right. Yeah. A Beatles song. But you gotta go deep dive into the I told you, Danielle, it's the caucasity <laughs> for me. <laughs> right. And this is how it's you gotta smile so bright. It, it's so bad. You could have been an angel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like her singing comes from her teeth. Yes. Like when we can't like, actually hear your teeth. We can see them on film. Yes. Come over here. Like this. It's so bad. bad. It's bad. So bad. And the actress who plays Denise, Dana Davis, was doing the most act, the most acting she could to pretend that she was so feeling and I then, can't believe there wasn't an eye roll. <laughs> And then she calls Red Hot Chili Peppers up there too. Yes. It's It's not good. That's actually the perfect name for them. Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) It is because he's got the red. He's chili. And he's chili. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Do you think they had to split the money or do you think they ended up giving her all the money? Yeah. (laughs) I can say one thing about my girl Denise. They didn't didn't have a chance to touch that money. No. (laughs) she had a mission she was like laser focused (laughs) i do want to say that at least they gave her a backstory so much so much of the black best friend trope there is zero backstory true so she's not as much of a vehicle to just support terry but she is at the same time they did a little bit better no i i think the the black best friend was at the beginning where she had like one line the brother kind of hit on her right. and then that was it oh she did yeah back home so that was definitely a prop for, so terry, for terry has a type yeah he has a type okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and, and then the date ends with terry and she's up on the roof with jay someone's practicing like a tuba or something it is not music to dance to at mm. all but they're <laughs> dancing and this is where like she looks up and so he goes in for the kiss and she does the turtle, turtle, turtle. <laughs> but then they talk for two minutes more and she's like, okay, I'm ready now. Yeah. What? <laughs> Jay is way more understanding than any other teenager I know. <laughs> I did like that part because I thought I wrote Dancing with Sonic the Hedgehog. I liked that when she said, I'm not ready which was like wait why are you not ready was it because your brother died or something yeah like, like what my husband only died three months ago <laughs> <laughs> but I I did like that they just kept dancing it wasn't like I'm not ready and then it was like okay well you killed the moment and now yeah that means like I kind of don't like you as much like what people would fear would happen you know like and, I and- like that he was like okay and then they just kept dancing 
but then it made me like it less when they ended up kissing because I was like oh okay well they're just gonna kiss anyway yeah like I I did really appreciate that the character of Jay was very respectful yeah to her feelings the whole time and looking for that consent making out with his ex-girlfriend it's that trope (laughs) and I just hate it and that whole part was super cringy and I didn't like it where where Robin kisses him and then Terry sees and then she's mad at him for like a day and a half. Oh. <laughs> until he gets drunk. Right. Where did he get alcohol from? Right. He's British. And then why does he go He so, brought it with him. So why does he why does she take him to the roof when he's drunk? Because he Be, can't. because he, I think he would get kicked out of any of like the adult the non-existent adults oh. at this music school. <laughs> found him and so she's kind of hiding him denise is a ride or die though because even though she thinks it's super stupid she does he helps her homegirl out she does yeah and i thought it was going to be like a full-on hangover scene where he woke up like wake and bake situation you thought that too no i just thought why are you taking a drunk person to the roof (laughs) where they can fucking fall off well, you just read about that traumatic. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's chilly all over again. <laughs> but prior to the the whole Robin kerfuffle, they go to open mic night to practice. But Terry still got the PTSD, so she looks into the spotlight <laughs> and the flashback of the the truck hitting them, and she freaks out. But, and then Jay goes out, he's very understanding. Again, he's like super understanding, even though, and so she, I think this is when she finally tells him the whole story and he hands her the necklace and he's fixed it for her. At first when they're on stage, he's he, I, he gave me very much bitch turn around because (laughs) when she was singing, she kept looking at him and not looking at the audience and the people in the audience were my heroes of this movie because they're like, girl, turn around. <laughs> that's danielle <laughs> that's danielle sitting in the audience <laughs> bitch why are you facing the wrong way <laughs> and then it it made me all i kept thinking was the christina aguilera beautiful or less you are beautiful song or whatever don't look at me don't look at me <laughs> that, <laughs> that, girl. that part yes you definitely don't look at me that's all I kept hearing in my head when she wouldn't turn around oh baby girl you can't sing and you got stage fright <laughs> this is right because because yes, it's like they want it to be and it's the same in the Lizzie McGuire movie it's supposed to be well, she never tried to sing in front of everyone. She's not one of those annoying people who makes you listen to her singing. But then when she's just accidentally singing, it just is so beautiful. And then everyone finds <laughs> yes. out and she's an angel. It's like, she never has that confidence of being just the person that sings, right. which would be okay. Like if the voice were different, but it, yeah, it's just a yeah. weird dichotomy. Does she have a sing to me Paulo moment in this movie? Exactly. I, I feel she, I no, I, I remember her saying, cause I'm always thinking about social media content. And I think in this movie, she does say sing to me or she does something like that. And I was like, Oh my oh, God. We're just reusing words here. Okay. <laughs> I just always, for me, 
because I think I watched the Lizzie McGuire movie once and that was it. <laughs> but it was giving me Violet vibes from Coyote Ugly where she's like, I can't yes. sing in front of people. Yes. I thought the same thing. Yes. And see then in Coyote Ugly, you get to finally see her get on the bar and go crazy. Yeah. This, you know, and so we're getting this, the first part of that character for this yeah. whole movie. And where was the violet energy at the end? Like right. that's like what when we it's needed. Time to break out. Let's see it. Yeah. 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 So think- so the next scene, Robin throws a fit in class. Terry doesn't show up, and the teacher's like, "No, I'm not giving her solo to anyone else." Robin throws a fit because she's like, "I know what I can sing it," and storms out crying. Jay sees her crying, and this is when she like pulls him into a practice room, and she. The thing she says, <laughs> I'm used to always getting my way. And then she also says that she's a little bad. And so Terry <laughs> is looking for Jay. I want to be bad. Uh, total will afford so like vibes. <laughs> Such will afford vibes when she was talking yes. about that. I'm like, why didn't they just cast will afford in this role? Yeah, I would have been better. That. Yeah. So Terry obviously walks in while they're kissing. That's why we get into this uh, day and a half fight. She does push him like really hard when he's running after her and trying to catch up to him. I was like, ooh, good for She's you, got Terry. Some anger there. Yeah, and she was like, stay away from me. I'm like, oh, that's that daddy coming out on me. <laughs> fire crunch. <laughs> I will set this barbecue on fire. <laughs> And then she goes upstairs and like tears her journal up and stuff. I'm like, girl, you're having a knee-jerk reaction. You need to not be destroying your shit you're going to need later. Right. But now there's like this whole montage of Jay trying to talk to her. She's walking along the boardwalk, very morose. She's in church (laughs) praying. They're both practicing alone. She finally is sitting on the steps of the school and Aiden comes and talks to her and she tells she's, him about her brother then. She right? tells him about her brother. He says, artists feel things different than regular people. And I wrote in all caps, <laughs> her brother died two months ago. This isn't like, because you're an artist, you're feeling more sad. This is your fucking brother that you were very close to. And in the car with the night that it happened, you have survivor's guilt. You have guilt because you were the one who encouraged him to sneak out. Like you have. You guys have been in love for. <laughs> exactly. <years. laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> so then we get the whole scene with Jay drunk banging on the door. They take him up to the roof. He sleeps it off. She apparently just stays up there all night watching for the sunrise <laughs> as you do. And she, you know. she forgives him a sense. She's like, we're going to do this. Let's make this song. And she's like, you're not completely out of the doghouse or whatever. And he's, yeah. he's like, okay. And so <laughs> they, she wrote some new lyrics, some hot, it's a hot track. Hot it's a hot track. <laughs> right. And uh, at this time, dad is looking for the car keys, looks in mom's purse and finds like the parents' night invitation. And he's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> and so he like immediately in the car, like we're going to get her. This is bullshit, y'all. <laughs> Which like, I can't fault the dad for being mad that they lied to him. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. Like I can't. Yeah. And she he's was like, supposed to tell him eventually. That was what she told Terry. Yes. Terry was like after very... a couple of weeks, I'll tell him where you are. Right. So he knows. Because Terry so, was very concerned name, like, about Terry lying. Thatcher or something. Who? And mom and dad have this moment where she's like, I I lost one child. I was losing another one. She had no joy. She's finally singing again. I had to let her do this. And dad's like, how can I protect her if she is not here? It was given anime. Eat the cake, anime. (laughs) Yes. So now we have a a scene where Sloane is practicing in one room. Kiwi is practicing in a janitor's closet or something. (laughs) And he's drumming so loud that Sloane has to go and tell him to shut the fuck up. But then he like attacks her face yeah he kisses her very aggressively but then he stands back so I'm like okay like (laughs) he shoot a shot but then he was like is this okay so I'm like okay that was not consent it was so fucking weird it I was I felt uncomfortable with that but then she was like go ahead before they kiss just the look on his face is so weird like yes feral when she walks into the room like i don't like it like his whole goal was i'm gonna make enough noise to piss her off so that she comes and talks to yeah yeah and then he's like titillated yes which i don't understand because they went on the full date right so they should be cooler than this by now like what is this like they didn't know each other right but then like Sloan's into it and <laughs> reciprocates and then they're just knocking all over all the extra instruments and bandstands and <laughs> all that so, stuff. So bad. And then fast forward, we get to the big show. The big and, show. And so we're seeing all of the kids perform. Robin, again, lackluster. Even though she does sing better than Terry, her performance is just bleh. Black. And what is that dress? What jazz? Just yeah. some nice lounge jazz for her like, <laughs> performance of a lifetime. She's like, yeah, yes. I really just want people to feel comfortable and like they might fall asleep soon. <laughs> yes, entertain the elevator entertainment is what I'm going for. Yeah, yes, <laughs> lovely. And then also while this is happening, Terry realizes she doesn't have her Paul crossed, <laughs> and so she has to go to her dorm room which must be like five blocks away and to retrieve it and so all everyone's performing robbers robin's eh cat dennings high five knocked it it out of the ballpark uh kiwi what the fuck was that don't know not sure he did i believe he had a theremin (laughs) which tickled me so only because and i only know what that instrument is because it's used Don't say handsome. No, no, no. Okay. It's, it was used to create the theme music for Star Trek. Oh, okay. That's oh, a so yeah, it, I it, heard it, that randomly before too. Yeah, it, it's just a bar, but like where you put your hand over it emits different wave frequencies so you can play it as an instrument. It's His, so something that that kid would have had. Yes. Right. that's the most accurate thing in this (laughs) when he goes on the stage they say his real name which is um right and people are like what and the whole point of it that's the whole thing i think that 
it's almost like he's a very rich kid that gets sent to DJ camp. Yes. That's what yes. his whole set was like. I believe uh, And Terry runs into her dad, AKA Red Hulk at this point, because he is yes. packing up her shit and he is mad that she lied to him. And Terry finally gets a fire under her ass to yell back at her papa. And they go at it. And she finally is just like, look, I'm staying. I'm staying. And I would like for you to see me perform, you and mom. And I guess the dad agrees. She gets back to the stage because Troy, I'm not, I'm joking. I know it's not Troy. Jay, Jay. goes up to uh, Uncle Phil and says, we got a problem. <laughs> My partner's not here. He like, he's like, okay, next up is Terry and Sonic. And then <laughs> he waits five seconds. And then he's like, okay, well, I guess, unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to. And he's like, starts to move <laughs> on. And the show must go on. <laughs> but uh, she runs onto stage and then she oh, gives yeah. the best joyful noise Christian ending movie. And when she want to see that lackluster ass performance. No. Yeah, he's like, and when oh, she, not Terry. When she gets onto the stage, she sees the spotlight and she, for a mm-hmm. moment she chokes, but then she envisions the the stage hand as Paul's face is that and my she's... lover in the distance <laughs> <laughs> and she's able to give the performance of a lifetime question mark <laughs> It reminds me, all I keep hearing when she does this song is, I dare you to run. Oh my God. It reminds me of every high school talent show performance <laughs> I had to sit through. That's, uh, that's the caliber we're at. And like, everyone's crying. Oh, and... dad sheds a tear, one lone <laughs> tear for dad. It's just very interesting because it's like, Danielle, you said it's like she's doing like pop star trying to be in a movie. Yeah. But at the same time, it's TV star trying to be a pop star. Yeah. Yes. In that way, like when she's doing the performance, because if a pop star were trying to be in a movie, that would be like her strong suit. Right. But it's like (laughs) when she gets her chance she's not comfortable with singing she's not comfortable with dancing like she physically seems very uncomfortable like on stage and stuff and so it's just like it feels like you're watching like a play about someone who can (laughs) sing or something and also because the track is so audibly different from what the movie was so it really has that jarring thing of like and now like there's a lip sync thing it's very weird and after the performance she mouths thank you to Aiden which was also weird like you he gave you he gave you really no direction he gave you a solo when he shouldn't have that's all he did for right and why did he give that right right because grooming yes Yes. He, um, okay. By thank next you for summer, saying that. He is giving grooming. Yeah. Like yes. that's what disturbed me so much, even from the first moment that he did his little solo in the concert thing. In real life, like now at the age that I am, I can look at that and see like just going to that one introductory thing for the students, I would be like, that dude is a creep. I don't like yes. <laughs> like I don't like that he's trying to be a star. 
to all these kids like when he's older and then and all he's the other like the cool teacher cool one, and everyone else yeah. is like old and stuffy and he's very like rock and roll like just from seeing that I'm like no I don't want my kid being around him yeah not not great and what so, I don't get is him and the other teacher pounded out like they did some awesome job you saw that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 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 angry Russian teacher yeah oh yeah like we did this boy we did this this. (laughs) and then so they perform the mediocrity of a lifetime and then they run off stage and kiss because yay and uncle phil has the audacity to say this year's talent is better than most (laughs) say what uncle phil I'm sorry. Did your eyeballs and earballs like experience the same thing I did? Because no, ma'am. He was getting that check. He was getting that check. He was getting that check. You want me to read these words? No problem. And then I wrote, Denise wins. Thank God. (laughs) Because I was like, if they pull some sort of these kids her song was so heartfelt because it was a love letter to her brother and they need to win like I I was ready to throw shit at the tv I was more invested about who was gonna win this shit (laughs) I saw the movie but I couldn't remember who won I was more invested in who was gonna win in this than I was in the original time I saw bring it on I was like (laughs) I was ready to throw hands yep (laughs) what we gonna do who win it (laughs) <laughs> Who would have this? It better be Denise. You better say Denise. Is it Denise? Is that Denise? Should I fast forward so you can say Denise? Oh, it's Denise. Okay, I'm cool. okay. That was the progression. I and kind then of I- like that we know that Hillary is not going to win. Like yes. from the time Denise is like, I need to win this. We're like, okay, you are winning this. Yeah. Right. And we're it's not about hoping that Hillary might win it. Like that's no. kind of like. I'm Good. not hitching my wagon to that hot mess no. express <laughs> to that wig. No. And I like that Denise won on her own. Like it wasn't white savior comes in and helps her yeah. to win. It was like, she won because she was the best. She worked her ass off and she deserved to win. Yes. Like the clovers. Right. A hundred percent. And then there was a very lovely garden tea party on the lawn for the parents. Like, what was that? So while the garden party is going on, dad gives her a compliment for the first time in her life and tells her (laughs) she was great. And then pulls her aside privately to tell her that he was wrong and he's very hard headed. You think, sir? You think. Go back to Footloose. And it was the probably the proudest moment of his life. And he wished Paul could have seen it, which the only sentiment I believe is the I wish Paul could have seen it. Yeah. Paul, Paul did see it. He was in the rafters. Did you miss it? (laughs) She saw him. Did you not see Paul? Man in the spotlight. And Jesus. And then after that, all the kids decide we're gonna jam session this bitch out and i think that's um, a fourth jam session at least possibly fifth (laughs) i just i want a whole movie about sloan i know yes me too and it's it's called nick and nora's infinite playlist (laughs) i love nick and nora so much (laughs) 
I may watch that tonight to get this movie out of my brain. <laughs> yeah. I need a Kat Denning palate cleanser. Yeah. After <laughs> this movie. I hate how they made her make out with him because I felt like she was such a, like, just a great, like, goth emo character in general, but also, like, a great, like, potentially queer character. And she's just, yes. like, over there angry, like, practicing. And I'm like, oh, they have to make it okay that she's, like, goth because she makes out with this boy so like yes. now it's fine and then also <laughs> like it felt like they kind of shoehorned in that like makeout scene to make the movie like a little bit hotter because it's like well Hillary's not going to do that scene so we're going right. to show that other kids like make out but like yeah. if you're a real Christian main character you just like peck on the lip but you don't have exactly. this scene <laughs> But it's yeah. like they threw it to like spice up Hillary without her actually having to like do it. And that is raise your voice. <laughs> we did it, y'all. More <laughs> like raise my motherfucking patience. I am <laughs> so proud of myself. Wow. <sighs> also, yeah. there's one bit of trivia that I did miss, which was that when it was supposed to be a christian music project that they were thinking of kirk franklin as the music teacher i don't even know who that is we'll say one i thought you were gonna say kirk cameron because he's the one that's always in the christian things you don't know who kirk franklin is i don't i'm sorry i'm like i'm googling him now he was okay shannon gonna get you i'm really sorry (laughs) shannon damn it i hate it when shannon has hard opinions about but i feel like it would have it would have been good to have him oh but i think i think he would have said hell no to this the the musicality would have maybe been better yeah Um, i but then i would be like oh you lying kirk franklin (laughs) right he's like hillary you're really the best yeah no so I, I guess it's better that we had creepy John Corbin instead. And then the other last thing is the soundtrack for this movie was planned to actually be released before the film, but it was never released because Duff, uh, Hillary Duff released her second album with the songs featured on the film. Oh, Smart choice. Smart choice. I have one more juicy sighting that I missed. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Inserting in there. Sorry. So I think there's four juicy outfits total, but I might have missed one. When she goes to finally see Kat Dennings the first time that they really meet. Yeah. She's wearing a peach terry cloth hoodie that's really cute. And it's different because it's not like your classic velour hoodie. And it has like tie weird little ties, like maybe at the bottom and like on the wrists and stuff. And that's with. I forget what bottom that was with. Is but that, that was when she was cute, wearing like this one? Was she wearing the striped shirt? That striped shirt with that, or is that separate? You know that the one that she's wearing on the cover, which is like a peach and pink stripe. Oh yeah, that might be it actually. Oh okay, yeah, and on the cover. Oh cool! I'm gonna take pictures of all of them and post them and stuff. So I think that was the last one. Awesome. Oh, yeah. and one other thing. I looked up who the costume designer was. Her name is Aggie Gerard Rogers. Mm-hmm. And she has done so many movies, you guys. Like, it's it was actually shocking when I looked at her IMDb. Like, she's just done literally everything. She was nominated for The Color Purple for an Oscar. Oh, wow. Wow. But she, I guess, didn't win, but she was nominated. Is she Black? No. 
Okay, well, she, I'm less excited. No, let me stop. Let me she stop. She seems white. She's she's been working for like since the 70s so she's definitely older at this point but she's still working yeah that's she cool. did rent holes mr holland's opus now that is a good um, music teacher that movie. is yeah. so much better john corbett needs to study he needed <laughs> to sit down and watch that movie even the one yes. with meryl streep and gloria stefan were in sync things music of my heart music of my heart, music of my heart yes even that one's better Yes. I could go um, on. She did Beetlejuice, <laughs> Star Wars, The Return of the Jedi. Very interesting. Oh, that's so cool. And you, no you other to... movies that were like this, Bopper, like a 2005 like, like timepiece where you would use Juicy. Like I think yeah. she might not have ever even used it again. It's very interesting. You should definitely um, do a TikTok on her. Yeah, I, you're right. I just happened to scroll through the critic reviews <laughs> and Marjorie Baumgarten from the Austin Chronicle said, this ain't fame. It will not live forever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Thanks Marjorie Baumgarten. (laughs) I I think that should just be the The tagline. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, Jesse. So why don't you give everybody your social handle so they can follow you? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's at vintage juicy couture and at this old thing, and it's O L D E. And on TikTok, it's the same. On YouTube, it's at this old thing. And on the internet, it is thisoldthing.com. Nice. And as always, you guys can catch us at No More Lease, No More Lease, at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can tell us what your present day ratings of Raise Your Voice if you decided to really bite the bullet and watch it after being inspired after this <laughs> wonderful episode. <laughs> Jesse, I'm going to start with you. Now that you've Rewatched it in present day what would you give this movie yeah, yeah. i would say same day <laughs> she's like what's lower than same day <laughs> <laughs> like watch it while i'm standing in line at blockbuster <laughs> my other stuff leave it on the shelf <laughs> yeah that should be another rating. jackie what about oh i i agree it is a same day rental for me you know guys i you know, after rewatching it, I think I feel like it should be higher than what I gave it originally. Really? No, That's I'm lie. fucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's trash. Okay. Like, wait, what has happened? <laughs> I want to take this movie and get back to the Holy Grill and light it up and throw some more like there fluid on it yes yes <laughs> i do want to watch that <laughs> yes and i, I want to the patrick swayze doppelganger <laughs> yes i know what's going on with this <laughs> that maybe he was angry because his children were in love <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> he's like is no one else saying this <laughs> and i would like a movie about sloan's life <laughs> yeah <laughs>
Or just me just going off into the sunset and marrying her. <laughs> so if you have hard opinions about this movie or want to give feedback, suggest future movies, what you like, dislike, corrections, blockbuster video stories, or your favorite moments, hit us up at our quick drop. It's our voicemail, 909-601-NMLF, 909-601-6653. You can also twat us at the Twitter or leave us a voice message at our Anchor FM, and you can be featured on a future episode. And thank you so much for coming on, Jesse. We really enjoyed your juicy couture insight and yes. giving us some new uh, catchphrases like 100%. Holy Grill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. This was seriously so fun. We're so glad that you enjoyed yourself. And join us next week as we go on an all American treasure hunt with national treasure. Jackie is literally pissing her pants with joy right now. I'm so excited. Raise I the love- roof. She just raised the roof, people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love I love an escape room, a scavenger hunt. Give it all to me. I love it. <laughs> you guys are going to steal the Declaration of Independence? Yes. My black ass <gasps> should- would have gotten arrested immediately, so no. <laughs> <laughs> they should make an escape room that's based on national treasure. 100%. Thank you oh, that's actually <laughs> Right? Yeah. Well, while I figure out how to market that, (laughs) be kind and rewind.